0: Hey everybody, this is uh, Larry the Cable Guy, get her done. Also do some voiceover work. Uh, you might have heard of Mater. But right now, I am Dan Whitney. And this is a podcast we call Talking Truth. And I love doing this podcast because I love Jesus. I'm trying to get closer to him. Trying to uh, sin less in my life. And we have been going over Genesis. And we're almost done with it. And so today... Uh, the title of Brian's uh, little talk is Jacob's Final Words. And the choices that you make matter today and for generations to come. And we'll see how that played out for Joseph's family in today's episode. And uh, like we always do, Brian will read the script. We've got a script for you and then Nat and I we will comment on it as much as we can and we will be honest and just have a good conversation with Brian since he's smarter than both of us. Oh boy.
1: Combined. Uh, combined. Oh wow, that's so, a lot of pressure.
0: That's how we do. We have to we wanna read you the story first and then we're gonna get into the conversation. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um I love coming in here doing Uh, doing this because it really helps me out as well. It's kind of like a therapy session for myself in all honesty and so anyway Brian's going to read it. I'm trying to get Brian to be less monotone Um, so I've given him some uh, little uh, buzzer sounds and uh, you know things little party favors party <laughs> toppers what we can, are you talking about
2: man <laughs> big seller big seller
0: i know so we actually could bring in artificial intelligence and not know the difference
1: that's 100 <laughs> true i think in fact how do we true. know this guy's even real
0: i'm oh kidding. wow all right well listen brian's <laughs> awesome he's gonna read this and then we're gonna comment on it and i hope you guys get something from this okay here we go brian
1: to you
2: You know, one sobering reality is that the patterns we establish through our choices not only impact our lives, but the lives of others, especially members of our own family. For good or for bad, our patterns may impact future generations for years. This is driven home for us in Genesis chapter 49 as Jacob offered his sons his final words. The text states, Jacob blessed them, everyone with the blessing appropriate to him. The term blessing can be misleading. The blessing appropriate to each meant his final words reflect the character and pattern of behavior of each son. In other words, each son will father a tribe and that tribe will be like them. The first is Reuben. As the oldest, we might expect Reuben to emerge as the preeminent son, but that will not be. Jacob described him as uncontrolled as water. He had no discipline, no character, no morality. Jacob told the other sons that Reuben went up to my couch, meaning he had relations with Jacob's wife, Reuben's own stepmother. There would never be any great leaders, no prophets, no persons of distinction that would ever come from the tribe of Reuben. They would be far from preeminent. Next are Simeon and Levi. They were partners in crime who initiated the mass murders in Shechem. They were violent, hot-tempered, wicked men. The tribe of Simeon would never amount to anything. The tribe of Levi redeemed themselves when Moses came down from Sinai and found the golden calf. Moses asked who would stand with him against the idolatry, and the tribe of Levi took their stand with Moses. So they were made the priestly tribe. Next is Judah. Jacob said Judah was a lion because he was a fierce warrior. Kings like David and Solomon would come from Judah as it would become the dominant tribe in the southern kingdom. Judah would become so significant that the Hebrew people would eventually be called Jews after the tribe of Judah. But we also remember that Judah had relations with a prostitute that turned out to be his daughter-in-law, and she got pregnant with his child. The real shocker is we learn that Tamar's child would be the one through whom the line of Jesus would travel. The child of Judah and Tamar would carry the promised seed of Abraham. Crazy. Then Zebulun and Issachar. Not much is said of them. Issachar was undisciplined and lazy, and his tribe would not amount to much. Next is Dan. He was a guerrilla fighter. He was powerful but undisciplined and prone to idolatry. Samson was from the tribe of Dan and represents the tribe well. Moments of greatness, but prone toward idolatry. Next is Gad, then Asher. Both struggle to survive and never really establish themselves. In the New Testament, baby Jesus is greeted in the temple by a prophetess named Anna of the tribe of Asher. Then there is Naphtali. Known for beautiful words and swift feet, according to Jacob. The first disciples of Jesus all came from the territory of Naphtali. How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, the prophet wrote. Next is Joseph. While the promised seed traveled through Judah, Joseph received the double portion as the birthright coming to his two sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. The last one was Benjamin. He was a warrior, but at times could be as cruel as a ravenous wolf. Saul, the first king of Israel, came from the tribe of Benjamin. His son Jonathan and his general Abner were both Benjamites and great warriors. In the New Testament, Saul of Tarsus was from the tribe of Benjamin, and we are told he went after the Christians like a ravenous wolf. Of course, Saul of Tarsus would become the Apostle Paul. It's a good reminder that through Jesus, people do change. Over time, each tribe would take on the characteristics of the son of Jacob who fathered the tribe. These patterns of behavior would be evident for hundreds of years. It's a sobering thought that the choices and patterns of my behavior today could chart a course for the generations to follow. But it's also true that God is in the business of raising up heroes, who choose to break free from destructive patterns of the past to establish new, God-honoring generations to come. Our choices matter, now and for the generations to come. So let's bring in Dan and Nat. Let's talk about this. Since Jacob's predictions came true over time, was he just a lucky guesser? Or do you think there was more to it than that?
1: Definitely a lucky guesser, right? Is that the right answer?
0: <laughs> well, I think there was more to it than that. I think that the the Lord had a plan, and uh, as we saw many times, Jacob messing up and Jacob messing mm-hmm. up and Jacob messing up, but God had a plan. He knew what was going to come out of it. He wished it would have went a different way, but he knew How it would end for Jacob, Mm. but everybody had to pay the consequences of how he was, Mm -hmm. but um, uh, he made a lot of dumb decisions, but in the end, obviously, he he turned away from those Mm -hmm. bad mistakes.
1: Yeah, throughout this whole story, we're reminded that there is a better way to go, but even when we do fall, God can still use us, and he uses us in our brokenness, and he can redeem any situation in our lives. And I think we see that throughout the stories in in the book of Genesis. Absolutely, but would
0: that be a lucky guess? I mean, would he just just be lucky?
1: Oh, no, of course not. Of course not. No, of course not. God's working all those things together. And again, I think that's so... um, Such a positive message for many people today, including us in this room, and I'm sure those who are listening right now who may be looking at their life and going, man, I don't know if God can even possibly make this right or put me on a path to use me, but the reality is he can. I mean, he
2: has, and he will. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very interesting how each generation affects the generation to come. Jacob made a lot of foolish choices, and that has that impacted his sons, and his sons then made their own choices. So at the end of the story, uh, yeah, God has been faithful, and Jacob finally figures it out, but there is consequence to that. Right. There's always consequences,
0: and his sons didn't have to, but those were the choices they made.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. They didn't have to. It's not genetic. Hmm. Right. It's not fatalism. Hmm. But they made their choices, and I think Jacob was looking at patterns and basically saying these patterns will continue through the generations.
0: Absolutely, but I think the the good ending to that is um, that no matter how bad you think it is, like I've talked to people before and said, man, eh, it's too late for me, man. I've done too many things, I've just done a lot of things. It doesn't matter. Hmm. It doesn't matter, and that's why we have all these examples in the Bible from David, Moses, who killed a guy. I mean, it doesn't matter. You turn to Christ and and, and lay it, turn it over to Him, and then you can change the rest of your progression. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it takes some people longer than others, absolutely, um, but uh, that's that's the saving part of the whole message is just. You know, God's uh, Jesus is there to just call out to Him, and He can change your path.
1: And I think that's that's the message that we all need to hear because I know by talking to people that they do look back at their past or their their parents or their grandparents, and they say, "Well, you don't understand. This is the way it's always been. You know, I'm an alcoholic because my grand my dad's an alcoholic. His dad was an alcoholic, or I'm divorced. My parents were divorced." But the reality is. Those don't have to be the continuing trends. There is hope, and yes. the hope is found in Jesus Christ.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, one of the one of the big shockers in this chapter is we're expecting that the promised seed is gonna travel through Joseph mm-hmm. because Joseph has been the star of the show and a very impressive star. So it's quite shocking when we learn it's actually not going to travel through Joseph. It's going to travel through Judah. Mm-hmm. And in Genesis 38, Judah has relations with his daughter-in-law who's posing as a prostitute. Right. And it's that son through who the seed will travel. Mm-hmm. But I do think when we go back and look at that story, something changed in Judah as a result of that story. I I think it it. It was a point where the direction of his life began to turn and uh, reminds us that no matter what your past is, it's never too late to repent absolutely, and to change direction. And, and God is a God of grace and, and mercy and compassion. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, Jesus wasn't
0: coming through uh, the uh, Christian school tribe. He came out of the public school system. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Uh, well, that's that's the point. The point is anybody, no matter how bad you think you've been or uh, how you grew up and you came from a long line of alcoholics or a long—you know, it doesn't matter. Jesus Christ will—he st- he will change your life. Hmm. You just have to trust him to do that. Hmm. Um, and there's, a, there's people that just don't trust that to happen. They'll search for other things that never work. Right. But— that's what all these stories are about. They're to let us know, hey, you think your family's a mess? Look at this. These were actual people. These mm-hmm. aren't just fictional characters in a book. Mm-hmm. These were real people, historic people. that mm-hmm. take the Bible away. They're in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's no one that can be changed. No one. And uh, that, And like I said before, that's the salvation message of the whole Bible.
2: So what if we went back to those people that, Dan, you were talking about that think there's no hope for them, and they're stuck in these patterns, and they've kind of rolled over and given up? The reality is those patterns are going to impact their children and their grandchildren. So if those people can't get motivated to clean up their act for themselves— maybe they could get motivated to turn to Jesus for the sake of their children and their grandchildren to begin to establish a different pattern. You know, sometimes people just kind of give up, but when they look at who else they're affecting, that's enough motivation to rethink that and to turn to Jesus. Well, and there's a ripple effect that
1: happens there too when that does, in fact, occur. When a family member watches a parent or a grandparent come to Jesus and their life begins to radically change, they see the reality of of a sincere faith, of an active faith, and then they can begin to look at their own lives and begin to start dealing with their stuff by handing it over to Christ. So there's an incredible responsibility that they have when they consider that option, but, but the benefits will ripple as well for generations to come.
0: And I think that's where people that are Christians that had similar problems, you'll have why did I go why did this happen to me or why did I why why did I come from this family where this was thrown on to me and then you're going down the wrong path and you find Jesus and you change your path around. Well, now you kinda understand now people that were in the same situation that you were in, you've experienced that. Mm-hmm. That's how those people change. Those people change by interacting with other Christians that lived in the that were in the same position. And they are, now they see how they've lived and how they've changed, and, and you can reach them. You, can, you know, they can only change by, you know, Christians living for Christ and seeing how we live. Hmm. You know, if you can reach those people, then they can change their outlook for how many years they have left, mm-hmm. and that will impact their family. Yeah. So, I mean, that's part of the Great Commission, right? Yeah. (laughs) You just go out and you just show people that it can be done and it doesn't matter how bad that you were or the stupid things that you did. It's never too late. And that decision at that moment is going to impact the family.
2: Yeah, the story of Jacob reminds us that there's always hope, but it does come down to choices and by faith, trusting God and turning to Jesus. Absolutely. Because it's never, it's never too late. But
0: that's where Christians have to kind of get with it and wake up and remember these people aren't going to change their ways and they're not going to be able to um, change the way they're going if you don't show them what it's like and if you don't tell them about it. Um, you know I, I pray every day give me an opportunity. Like, it's hard to just go up and witness to people. I've been watching people on the Internet do it, and they're flipping fantastic. But some people really have a gift for that. Mm -hmm. Some people have to work on it. But if you just pray for an opening, every day somebody's going to say something to you that will just open a small little crack in a door to point the direction towards a Jesus conversation Or a conversation that'll drop a little seed that'll open the door a little bit more. You have to look for those conversations. Mm -hmm. You have to look for those openings because every day you're going to get those openings. Even if it's just tiny, you don't have to go at them and, you know, if you die today, you don't do it. You don't have to do it that way. You can just talk to somebody that's going through a hard time. They're going to open the door and you can start dropping small little seedlings. Next thing you know, you're having a conversation about Jesus and where they're going when they die. But, you know, that's the only way to get to uh, people that don't think that they have. They're too bad. They've been too bad. They've done too many things in their life. So they're going to keep doing what they're doing, and the rest of the family is not going to see any change in them. So, you know, that's basically what we got to do. We just have to let people know that they can change, and there is hope. And... We just hope we reach them, and if you reach them, it trickles down to the rest of the family.
2: Hey, everybody, this is Brian. You know, we have a lot of fun on Talking Truth, and I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Dan and I will be back again next week, along with Nat Crawford, to learn more about God's unstoppable grace from the story of Joseph. And by the way, if you're interested in a copy of my book, Unstoppable Grace, you'll find it at TalkingTruth.com. That's talk, the letter N, truth.com. So that's all for now. I encourage you to look for God's grace in your life today, and I hope you'll join us again for another episode of Talking Truth. Get it done.